This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Urgel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. I'm thrilled to have Jennifer Harris on the podcast today. Jennifer is the wife of Braxton Harris, head football coach at Howard Payne University. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. Now you're in year two as a head coach's wife. A lot of head coaches preach family, family atmosphere. But when I met you and Braxton in person, I heard you guys speak at the AFCA convention. I could see right then something was different about the two of you. What are some of the ways you try to carry out that message? That's such a big compliment. Uh, Braxton definitely wants to promote a family atmosphere because it's so important for our coaches to feel comfortable and for our players to see how their coaches love and care for their families. It's so great to have the wives and kids um, at the office and out at practice. It makes a difference in the coach to be able to see his family and feel supported when the days are really long. You know, all of our coaches have really long days. And during the season, uh, we actually would bring dinner every Monday night and had a picnic in his office. Although usually it ended up just being Braxton and I in there because our boys love all of our coaches so much and would just start making the rounds to see everyone else. Uh, something that's important to me is having a place for our coaches' wives to sit together and be able to have our kids at games. Uh, actually, uh, the first thing that we did when we got here is I wanted to go see the stadium and kind of scope it out and see what we could do just to make it work because being up in the stands with little ones is so hard and, you know, some of us, it's really important that our kids get to go with us. Um, but anyways, we did find a little grassy spot so the kids could run around and they bring balls and just play. And so um, we just love having everyone over and it makes us just feel um, very connected. I like this idea. So you have a picnic dinner and you take your own food to your own husband in the office and you have a little family time? Yep, we do. But like I said, our boys always end up leaving like five <laughs> minutes after we eat <laughs> and they're making the rounds. We have actually several single coaches on staff. And so my boys just love hanging out with them. They think they're so cool. So they just leave us. So Rex and I end up having a little date night on the floor. Right, that works. <laughs> I love that idea, though. That's really neat. Because a lot of times there are dinners that you do as a staff, but then sometimes right. you kind of miss that one-on-one time with your family. So you kind of right. like that idea. I'm going to take that someday. Yeah. Yeah, we liked it that way because Monday nights were always a long night for him and he had meetings and stuff. And so the boys wouldn't have seen him otherwise. So we would just go up there for about 15 minutes and do that. So that's awesome. Now, yeah. how did you meet Braxton Harris? So I actually met Braxton at Mary Hearn Baylor. That's where we both went to school. Um, by the time I got there, he was already a GA. So he's three years older than me. Um, but he loves to tell a story of how we met. It's kind of embarrassing to me. But uh, I was actually dating a guy that went to Baylor. So he was my high school boyfriend. Um, but he was friends with one of Braxton's roommates. So he had a house off campus. And so when he would come visit me, he would stay at their house. And so he likes to tell everyone how he got rid of my boyfriend. And so I always say that I put up a pretty good fight, but he was very persistent. Um, he tried really hard to get my phone number and he made it happen. So anyways, his persistence is something I really love about him. But we dated for a year and then we were engaged in August. And then we both graduated. I graduated with my undergraduate and he graduated uh, with his master's. And then we were married the following March. Wow. How cool is that? Okay. And now yeah. you have three children, right? Yes. Yes, I'm a boy mom, and my boys are all boys, all boys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Brooks is six. He started kindergarten this year, so 
um, I stay at home with them and they all stay with me all the time. So we were, it was kind of tough on us for him to go to school, but he has had such a great year and has a really good teacher. So we've been thankful for that. Um, and the twins, uh, Fisher and Cooper, they actually love to go up to the school. We love to go eat lunch with big brother and, um, go to his classroom and help out. So anyways, they love to be there. And Brooks is all into sports. He wants to do everything outside. So when he's home, we are always out playing something. Um, and then Fisher and Cooper, so they're going to be four in May. And they actually stay at home with me all the time. So they are super duper active. They keep me on my toes for sure. Um, so the great thing about twins this is my favorite thing about them. And I always say, if we have another baby, I'm going to have hard time if it's not twins. So they always have someone to play with. They keep each other so entertained all day. <laughs> it's just so nice. Yeah. Um, they have all these made up games um, and they just don't really need me for all that much. Unless, you know, I'm, of course, if I'm busy doing something, then they need me. Um, and so something funny about twins that I just think is hilarious. They're identical. Oh, and wow. So they already are trying to trick people, you know, that they're, you know, Fisher says he's Cooper and Cooper says he's Fisher. So anytime they're with a teacher or anyone new, they're always plotting over in the corner. I see them. And <laughs> Cooper is, our, Cooper's our instigator. And so he'll be telling Fisher, hey, we're going to go tell them that you're really Cooper, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already having to get onto them for that. I'm thinking when they go to kindergarten, we are in so much trouble. Uh, that's adorable. So that's, How do you tell them about it? Um, Fisher actually just has a little bit of a rounder face and Cooper's is a little bit longer. So to yeah, me, that's, that's the difference. Really? Yeah. I mean, some people will say that it's easy to tell them apart, but most people have a hard time. Wow. So yeah, that's the thing for me. Fisher is a little bit, and this is mean, but a lot of times when he was a baby, we would call him Fatty Fisher just to remember. <laughs> Because he's rounder than his brother. That's incredible. Okay. And, and then something funny about them, too, was uh, the first, not about them, but our first year with them, you know, like looking back, I, I never, like during the time, I never thought that it was super hard because you're just going, you know, fast paced, getting, getting through the day every day. But looking back, I can just think, man, it was so hard. I can't even hardly remember it. And um, they were born in May. And then, you know, so the season started pretty quickly after they were yeah. born. So Braxton was not really around that much. Um, but he told me after the season, he's like, man, this year was so hard. He's like, I just felt like we've been living two different lives. And we only crossed on game day. <laughs> and then he told me that he was actually napping in his office. Like he would stay <gasps> up there to take naps. And I was like, well, you could have came on and let me go nap in the office. <laughs> Anyways, we have so much fun with them. Uh, all three of them actually went to be a coach like their daddy. So, anyway. Oh, I love it. You have They're such a good outlook, good. such a good perspective. I think it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't raising hands. exhausting. You're like, yeah, I'm totally okay. <laughs> well, you know, you try to put that off that facade sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we're all good here. <laughs> now, maybe because. But really, we're from, just surviving. It could come from your days as a NICU nurse. I mean, to me. Uh, my daughter spent a long time in NICU, CVICU, and mm -hmm. to me, there's no one that works harder at their job than a NICU nurse. What sparked your interest? Do you see yourself going back one day? How's it impacted you as a mom? Actually, yes, I would agree with that with having the twins, you know, being a NICU nurse uh, really made it to where I wasn't like super concerned about them as babies, you know, because a lot of times I think new moms, especially with multiples, it can be very scary and you're worried about them. And so because I had that background, that did make it a little bit easier for me. I wasn't really too worried about them most of the time because they were actually a month early, but they were big. So they didn't have to spend much time in the NICU. Um, but actually, I did decide that I wanted to be a nurse when I was seven. 
So my grandmother was a nurse and I just knew that's what I always wanted to do. Um, I was in a health science program uh, in high school. So I did rotations at the hospital and figured out my freshman year of high school that the neonatal intensive care unit was really where I wanted to work. Um, I always loved babies and I loved the idea of being a part of these families' lives and having the opportunity to show them the love of Christ during a really difficult time. So a lot of these babies, as you know, with Landry, you know, they spend a lot of time there. And so you really become a part of their family almost, you know, a lot of times you have the same baby every time you come or the same set of babies. And so I just really, I loved the idea of that, like getting to be a part of these families' lives. From your eyes, what do you think makes Braxton Harris unique? Really the thing that makes him unique to me is his work ethic and his confidence. Um, I've really never met anyone that works as hard as he does. And I'm sure there's all the coaches' wives would say that about their husband, but I just think he works so hard at what he does. Um, he's always told me since we were dating that he never wants anyone to outwork him ever. And I think that's unique. And I love that our boys get to see that in their dad. Um, and he's always been super confident that the Lord has a plan for his career and for our family. So he truly lives it out every day. That visionary. I love it. And then mm-hmm. to follow it up with a work ethic. I know everyone has ups and downs uh, in this business. What's the biggest adversity you guys have faced as a coaching couple? So I think our biggest adversity was really our last year at Texas Lutheran. So that's the school we were at previously. We were there for six years. Um, so after, let's see, year three is the year that they really turned that program around. Year six, things were really no longer, you know, we just weren't having the success that we had become accustomed to. And so that was in 2016. So that year, our head coach was actually planning on retiring after the season. And so we kind of knew that we probably weren't going to be there anymore. You know, that might not be the place for us anymore. Um, So he really trusted that the Lord had something else for us or that he would change his heart about staying where we were. Um, Sure enough, Hunter Sims, our athletic director and Braxton's close friend here at Howard Payne called him that November about the head job. Um, And it was hard on us because we had roots there. We were very invested. You know, we had been there for six years and we, all of our kids were born there and we loved our church and he was very close to his players and several of his previous players were actually coaching alongside of him, which was really neat. Um, But God had just made it very clear that we were supposed to be in Brownwood. Uh, We put our house on the market actually December 22nd and it sold Christmas Eve. Oh my God. So he just made it. Yeah. He made the path very easy, opened all the doors for us. And so we just knew that's where we were supposed to be. But that year was really hard on him, you know, and I actually, during the time I didn't even, I don't think I even realized how hard it had been on him, but anyways, that was something that we, really learned through. And how has it changed you and kind of how has it helped you now in your current role? So after that year, I have really tried to be more aware of how he's feeling and, you know, what I can do to help him. Um, I also learned really to just listen to him, that I don't have to have an answer for every one of his problems. You know, he's going to come to me with lots of, you know, things that have happened to him and things that are going on and I don't have to answer have the answers, you know, he just wants someone to talk to. And, you know, I'm glad that that person is me, that he wants someone to talk to me. Um, And sometimes I have the problem of thinking that Braxton is invincible and that, you know, nothing really bothers him too much. Um, And he's, but he's always talked to me about everything that's going on. And um, during that year, I really learned more about the toll too, that this job takes on our coaches. It does. They carry Mm -hmm. a lot, you know, there's a lot on it from on the field things to off the field to, being a mentor, right. I think when someone cares so much about the people that they're around, that has a greater impact. We tend to be their sounding board when they come home with frustrations or they have those low points and when they are carrying that weight. 
if you could just think of a few things that you do, what are the things you remind him of during the highs and lows of coaching football? Well, Braxton has always shared everything with me. That's something that's important to him is that he can always talk to me. I know that there's some coaches that really don't like to bring stuff home from the office, but that's something that he needs and he needs to be able to share stuff with me. So um, it's really important to him to be able to tell me and know that it's not going to affect the way I feel about anyone. And most importantly, that I won't share anything that he says. So honestly, I really just try to listen. I usually don't say too much. Um, and the only thing that I really constantly try to remind him of in the lows is that the Lord called us here for a reason and that he has a purpose and a plan. Cause you know, this year and last year have been kind of tough for us. You know, we haven't won many games and um, you know, sometimes there are a lot of lows so just feeling like, you know, what, what's going on here, you know, but just to remind him that we, you know, going back to how we remember that, you know, the Lord made our path clear to come here because he has a reason and a purpose and a plan. Um, and then I always just try to celebrate with him in the highs, you know, we just, celebrate at home with the boys. Do you have some things you try to do after wins? Any traditions? After home games, we usually just have pizza and just relax together as a family or with friends who come in town for the game. Um, you know, dealing with a loss is never really easy, but uh, he's always said it's okay to be upset for the evening. And I know I've heard lots of coaches say this, but you can be upset for that night. But on Sunday, it's time to get ready for the next week. Um, but with little ones, it's even hard to be, you know, upset that night because they don't understand and they're just ready for you to come home and play with them. So a lot of times he'll just stay up at the office until he's ready to come home and play with them. Um, and this year, actually a new experience for us was, uh, we would stay at home during the away games. Usually, um, they were just kind of small for me to try to travel with them, but, um, Brooks loved to watch the games on TV. And so he would be, you know, yelling and excited. And then he was always crying when they would lose. So it was so sad. But something that he was doing was when daddy would get home he would have a lot of things to say to him about <laughs> the players that he had out there yes um why they were doing certain things I mean it was really funny and he has had a lot of discussions with his dad about uh, his recruiting this season are you serious <laughs> and who he needs to be recruiting yes he's six that's incredible it's like he's his own little journalist right there. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. It's been really funny. Or what do you call it? <laughs> future coach. Hey, yes. Dad, you know, have you thought about this? Uh, yes. I, I can already see my future. Yes. <laughs> now you're the backbone to a successful coach. What do you think you've done that has contributed in his success of his career and your lives as a family? Well, something uh, that I try to do for him is um, to provide a different perspective. Um, Braxton can get really wrapped up in the X's and O's and just be all football all the time. And, you know, you can really lose sight of the human side of it and just kind of reminding him and showing him that other side of it, that there's other things that go into it, especially as a head coach, you know. Um, and then two would be mostly really just praying for him and our family because, I mean, he has so much that he's dealing with, you know, as a head coach. And then um, – Really, for him, this is a really big one, is keeping things running smoothly at home. So it's relaxing and not super chaotic when he gets home. You know, I try to keep things kind of picked up when he's getting home and that the boys are, you know, not being crazy. They're ready to play, but just, you know, everyone's kind of ready to relax a little bit and play and just not be crazy. Peaceful situation when they walk in the door. That's tough. And that's hard on you. Right. I feel like sometimes it's hard on wives because they have, well, such a tough industry to be in and so stressful right. that the wife right. carry a lot because you don't want to hit him with all your problems when he walks in the door and that can be the hardest thing right there yes absolutely yeah because I want to unload on him as soon as he gets 
film, but I've tried to, you know, really learn to just keep it, keep it running smoothly. Mm -hmm. And it deepens your faith too. Cause I mean, if you're right. someone that prays and you're like, Hey, you know, I got to take this to the Lord, kind of convicting instead of just kind right. of verbally, you know, unleashing right. on someone Absolutely. else, you kind of have to keep things in check. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you could wave that magic wand and change some things about this life we live, what would you change? Well, I think the thing that I really struggle with the most with being a head co or a coach's wife in general is people and family, you know, friends, just really not understanding your husband's job and why it takes up so much of his time. Um, you know, I don't even really think that I notice it so much anymore, but when I hear other people talk about it, I'm like, no, he has gone a lot more than your husband, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so like I mentioned before, we are very protective of our family time. So it's hard for others to understand why I'm always saying no to most invites and like family events that are going on. I just feel like I'm, I say no more than I say yes. Um, but that really is just to be protective of our family time. But this is why I love AFCWA. Um, all the wives completely understand each other and there's so much camaraderie. And I also love spending time with my coach's wives because they totally get it. You know, we have one other coach, coach's wife that has young kids like I do. And, you know, we just love hanging out with each other because we understand, you know, we why do. our husbands are gone. And, you know, and our little kids can play together and we can help each other with the kids and stuff. So anyways, but if I could change one thing, it would probably just, be people understanding. Has that been something job. as far as spending time with your coaches wise, is that something that you wanted to key in on when you became a head coach's wife? Was there something that you went, you know what, this is what I really want to do now that I'm the leader of this. That really is something that I wanted. And it was a big deal to us, you know, that our coaches could live, would live here in Brownwood, you know, their families were here. Cause a lot of times when you're trying to get everybody moved, you know, it takes a long time. And so we've been really fortunate that all of our coach's wife got here pretty quickly and you know it's just been that was a big deal to us and that we spend time with each other and really try to build those relationships and be connected with each other because it's really like a family you know you spend so much time together it absolutely is now the guys spend so much time away recruiting game planning what are some things that you like to do that you find fulfilling something that I really love and that I'm passionate about is um, I help coordinate our mops group which is called mothers of preschoolers um, it is just really fulfilling for me because all of the moms, you know, that we meet are searching for friendship and they need Jesus. And it's just an amazing ministry for our community. Um, it's really just been fulfilling to meet a new mom and have her join me at MOPS and to know that she feels loved and accepted. Um, and MOPS was really a big deal for me when we moved here because I just met so many other moms like very, very quickly by going to that group. And so I've loved coordinating and helping with that. Do you have That's a coach's like. wife mentor in this business? I do. I actually am so fortunate because Braxton's mom is a coach's wife. Really? Uh, yes. His dad is a longtime Texas high school coach. Um, and he even actually coached for a few years with him at Texas Lutheran. Wow. So that was a really neat experience. Yes. Um, so his mom, Leslie has shared so much of her wisdom with me and she really offers me so much encouragement. Um, I'm very thankful for all of her support and she and Craig are really just both so helpful. They really live two hours away from us, but you wouldn't know it because they're here so much. Um, she, you know, they help us with the boys and they come regularly just to spend time with us and help us with whatever we need. Um, and she and Craig uh, have really been an amazing example of what it looks like to do ministry together in coaching. Um, it was always the two of them, you know, it was never just his job. Hearing the stories of when Braxton was in high school and things, you know, of how they did ministry together and these boys were both theirs, you know, their job together. They both did it, you know, and so 
Anyways, um, we just really, I know, we just really want to follow that example. Um, And then someone else that I had was, uh, her name is Beth Madelich. And actually, that was where we used to live uh, in Seguin, where Texas Lutheran was. Uh, She went to our church in New Braunfels. And so I met her there. And um, her husband was also a longtime Texas high school coach, and he's now on staff with uh, Coaches Outreach. But Mm -hmm. anyway, she just immediately made me feel so loved and that I was important. And so she just spent a lot of time with me. And being a new mom and still new to the coaching world can be so hard. You know, and she just really encouraged me and gave me so much wisdom that enabled me to be better. Um, And when I had the twins, that was really a huge deal for me because I could call her up, you know, for pretty much anything. And she would um, also just call to talk to me and, you know, let me know that she was there for me. Um, And really, she advised me with so much wisdom and gave me so much grace through that time. That was just hard. You know, it's just hard to be a new mom in general. Plus, your husband's gone all the time. Um, And so anyways. She and I don't talk nearly as much now. We've moved, but she'll still send me sweet notes. And, you know, I know I can call on her for anything. So anyways, I feel like I've just had so many wives that pour into me and I'm really thankful. And um, I really recommend anyone having a coach's wife mentor, especially if you're a new wife. I think it's important. I think sometimes we don't do that. We're like, Hey, I can make it or, you know, Mm -hmm. but you have to have someone that truly understands what you're going through and to kind of keep you accountable and go, yeah, they spent a lot of time away, but let's remind us of the purpose that we're doing this for. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. I think the hardest time we've had are during the season. It's long, you know, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Trying to find time together is tough. Do you guys, um, try to spend some time together during the fall and stay connected during the season? What ways have you been able to do that? Well, to be honest, this sounds bad, but we really don't have date nights. We just don't do that during the season. I just, we cannot figure out how to make that work. We've tried before and it's just, we've just kind of given up on that. But, uh, and we just really, I mean, we know that it's important to have that time and to really date your spouse, you know, but during the football season, that is just not going to happen for us, especially with little ones and trying to figure out childcare and all that um, but for Braxton, it's a really big deal to him that we have the boys to bed on time. So that's something that I really try to do during the season is like have them ready for bed and have already fed them dinner so they can see daddy and then we get to bed. Um, because once they go to bed, then we get that time to really, you know, have alone time and to share what happened that day. Since, you know, sometimes it feels like we live in different worlds, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but we love watching shows together. Actually, our favorite right now is Blacklist. Anyways, that's something that we really enjoy doing. My husband coached against you guys, right? Weren't y'all at TLU? And we were. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's uh, right. That was a super amazing season of our life. We absolutely loved that. But I also felt that he had more responsibility um, and more mm-hmm. things that probably weighed on him being a head coach yeah. on that level than any other season of our life. And it was hard to describe to other people. Um, the amount right. of things that he had to accomplish because he didn't have the support system like you would have right. um, at an FBS Power Five or something. And so even right. though it was very rewarding and very special. There's things that you can't even describe to other people that you carry. And I understand right. yeah. there's no time to date, go out for yeah. on a date during those years, you know? I mean, it was, I know. It was a lot to do that no one would ever ever imagine yes you know and actually we're really fortunate so last year with him being a head coach we actually didn't have our GAs that we needed and so that even made it you know even harder he was up there striping helmets you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) late at night but this year we have our GAs and so that has been you know 
been so amazing already, just the couple months I've been here. Now, you, when you moved yes. to Seguin to Brownwood, um, what are some ways you use to kind of get connected to a new community when you first moved? Well, getting connected is a really big deal for me. I am super social. Um, so when we first got married, I actually told Braxton before we made any moves that we had, like one of my stipulations was, was we had to find a church and we had to get in a small group ASAP. Like I had to have that, you know, mm-hmm. and so he's not really big on small groups. Um, so that's definitely a sacrifice that he's made for me. Um, you know, cause he has his coaches when you move, like he's got his coaches, they're busy, you know, he's good to go, but I need friends. <laughs> and so. Um, we've actually ended up meeting some of our closest friends, the small groups that we've been in. And so that's been neat to see. Um, and right now we're actually, you know, we did the small group thing for a while and we've made a lot of friends here. And so right now we're actually teaching four-year-old Sunday school with our head baseball coach's wife, which is really fun. <laughs> but, um, and it's nice to be with the head baseball coach's wife because, you know, she's busy, we're busy. So we kind of flip flop when we've got things going on. Um, but I just really try to meet other moms very quickly just because, you know, it's easier on the boys to meet friends and to have things that we're going to do with, with the new move, you know? So, and actually mops, the group I talked about earlier was um, very, very good for me this time just to quickly find other mom friends. It does help. And it also helped. I've talked about it, I think on another podcast, it's important to have the coaches wives friends, but I also think it's important to have non-coaching friends out there. Right. It's just someone that doesn't really live and breathe the whole thing where you can just kind of, I don't know, right. be you with and not someone that doesn't need a ticket to the game or, <laughs> or right. want the, someone that doesn't really care about the wins or losses as much as they care about you. I said, it sounds terrible. Right. But I mean, I think there's a balance in that, the having friends inside and right. friends outside. I think there is. And, you know, too, then you're not just always talking about football, you know, or talking about what's happening at the office or what's going, you know, we're talking about just normal everyday stuff. What would you say is the toughest part about being a coach's wife? Well, I think for a coach's wife, something that's really tough is knowing that your husband is working really, really hard and he is away from his family a lot. And that still doesn't mean that his job is guaranteed. Um, We're very fortunate that we haven't experienced being fired yet, but, you know, it's something that's always a possibility. And in most careers, you know, if you work really hard and you do your job, uh, you're not really at much risk, you know, Mm -hmm. but for them, it's like they're working so hard and working all these hours and, you know, you just never know. Four conference titles, playoff wins, national championship game appearances. What are some memories that stand out to you over this career? Well, one memory, and this is kind of funny, but it's, it stands out from our first conference championship game. So I talked myself into going to a women's conference that week. <laughs> you can already tell this is going to go badly. So I didn't really want to go and I struggled with it. Um, we actually, Brooks, our oldest was almost one at this point. Um, so he was little still. And, you know, everyone kept telling me I needed to get away and go on this conference. And ultimately Braxton ended up telling me just to go. Well, I was miserable and of course watched the entire game on my phone and missed whatever was happening with the conference. <laughs> and I was devastated that I missed it. You know, I missed the big win. Um, and of course, guess who was not happy that I wasn't there in the long run? Mm. <laughs> the one that told me to go. Right. But anyway, so I learned an important lesson that um, will last the rest of his career. I do not leave during the season. <laughs> I'm always there. Um, so, but those conference championship games were so exciting. And I know that those years, really validated Braxton as a coach. So that was really neat to see and to watch him. He grew so much and we are forever grateful to coach Padron, our head coach there for hiring him and allowing him to learn so much by doing. What are some of the most rewarding aspects to you about being a coach's wife? I feel like there's so many. 
Um, I think getting to be his number one fan, I don't think that there are any wives quite like Coach's wife. You know, we get to support our husbands in a very unique way, and they truly need us. Um, I love feeling very needed by my husband. I think it's great. (laughs) And I love getting to be a part of the community and getting to know a lot of people because I'm a coach's wife. And, of course, the time I get to spend with the wives and our staff because they are all really special to me. Um, And having the privilege of being a part of so many young men's lives, I love seeing the impact that my husband makes on a day-to-day basis, you know, and the love that he has for them. Um, Coaching provides such a unique platform. I think, you know, to share the love of Christ with these boys that become family. Um, And I really love getting to have them over into our home. And um, my favorite now, this is new for us, but is when they'll, like, I'll be out at practice and they'll ask me, um, hey, what's for dinner? You know, can we come over? You know, just random kids will come over for dinner. I think that's so great. And I did see on social media that Mm y'all hosted a dinner. And then I looked at your other social media page and saw that it was your birthday. (laughs) Yes host football players and reach out to other people on your birthday well I have to say my husband my sweet husband so we were supposed to be having it on Thursday and then he comes home and says hey a bunch of them have you know intramural softball games that night so we're gonna do it on Sunday and I was like okay you know for my birthday dinner and he's like oh yeah I'm gonna bring candles and a cake and we're gonna sing and I was like "Uh uh-huh you forgot (laughs) but I was like you know what what better way to celebrate (laughs) The boys had a great time. We just did taco night, so it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) True coach's wife, head coach's wife, for sure, is I'm going to have all these people in my house on my birthday, (laughs) giving to someone else. But I do see a lot of pictures of that. Is that one of the things that you guys do a lot is to reach out to them through dinner? Well, something we've been trying to do is, you know, as with him being the head coach, we've really struggled with like not having our group of players, you know, that you have over all the time because there's so many of them, you know, they're all our players. So there's so many. And, you know, he always at the beginning was trying to like figure out ways to get them all over here. I was like, we cannot do that. That is just crazy. You know? Um, So what we've been trying to do is with their off season groups, um, you know, as they win different competitions and stuff, that's their kind of their reward. They get to come over here and eat. And that way we kind of get them all here in the spring. It's kind of the plan to have all the players over in spring. So yes, they come over in like groups of 10 or 12 kind of. Wow. That works out really well. Yeah. So it's been really fun favorite things you cook for them um we've done taco night that's what we did the night so like a taco bar just kind of had it all out um and they all love I make skillet queso and so that's something they all love so I try to have that almost every time they love that um and then we've done like pulled pork sandwiches which is good it's kind of easy anything in the crock pot is very helpful I think for sure um you know like I did a chili bar one time you know have baked potatoes hot dogs uh Fritos all that stuff they can just kind of pour it on and then we love to do s'mores in the backyard that's something oh. we all like to do Very yeah so that's kind of fun and that's an easy dessert you don't have to really do anything they're going to remember this the rest yeah. of their lives to me that's what they hang on to it's not necessarily what happened on the field it's what's all the way around right. it you know it's the relationships with Absolutely. the coach and it's those times that Braxton can pour into them my boys are kind of annoying to them probably because they're constantly come play with me come play with me you know they want to be out playing with them and they're all really good about spending time with them and it's been actually really neat since we've been having them over this spring you know to see the boys kind of form a relationship with some of them because mm-hmm. whereas before you know we weren't really able to have them over very much we would have his leadership council group over but other than that you know we couldn't really figure out how to get them all over and so it's been really neat going up to spring practice and seven them knowing their names and you know that's been really really neat to see you know them form relationships with them so I've been loving that fast five questions you ready ready 
Okay, what's the last book you have read? Okay, the last book I read was The Undoing of St. Sylvanus by Beth Moore. A friend let me borrow it and told me I just needed to read it because I have been so terrible about reading. She's like, it's such an easy read. It'll be a good way to get you back in. Yeah, right. I cannot read. I fall asleep because I'm so tired. <laughs> like I like get two words in and I'm asleep. But actually, this is funny. So I, uh, a friend let me borrow it. And so the only reason I was finishing it is because one of our coaches rode with us to the Texas High School Coaches Convention last summer, and I just told them that I was going to read the entire trip in the back seat, just be, sit up there and be, leave me alone <laughs> so I can finish this book. <laughs> but hopefully one day I'll start reading again. Is there a sport or a game you can beat Braxton in? Okay, so I am the most unathletic person you will ever meet, but I can beat him at paddleball. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? The little ball attached to it with a string? Oh. You try to see how many times you can hit it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do now. I forgot <laughs> about it. actually started this tradition at Christmas Eve, like where we try to like beat each other. It's just me and then my father-in-law and Braxton. And sometimes I actually win. I love it. That's the only thing I've ever beaten. <laughs> I love it. I really bothers him too. Oh yeah, you know it. <laughs> I rub it in his face all year. Don't worry. <laughs> Everyone has a few things that might need replacing around the house. Maybe it's in her closet. Maybe it's in the garage. What's the ugliest thing you own? The ugliest thing I own is an old sewing table from my great aunt. Um, I've actually never used it. I have a really nice sewing machine that I think I've pulled out of the bag two times. <laughs> I don't know how people have time for this stuff. But anyways, I insist on taking it everywhere we move. And Brexton's like, can we please get rid of this ugly thing? Um, but I swear one day that I will have time to use it. So I make him, I make him move it every time. <laughs> you have a Learjet lined up. You can go anywhere in the world. Just the two of you. Sitters lined up. Okay. Where are you going? The beach. I don't care where. Just the beach. <laughs> Agreed. A pretty beach. I grew up in Houston, so not Galveston, <laughs> but a pretty beach. If you could go back and live one day of your life, what day would that be? Oh, I really think it would be our wedding day. We really, we just celebrated our ninth anniversary in March and, um, you know, all the memories come flooding back and it was just such a fun day. It was really so much fun. So I would love to just relive that one day, one time. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Great insight. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Make sure to subscribe to the Coach's Wife Live podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.